Welcome to the Sparks Podcast, your go-to source for all things holistic wellness. This show is all about igniting your inner spark and helping you shine your brightest. Each episode is packed with tips, tools, and inspiration to help you create positive change in your life. I believe that when you spark your inner fire, you can achieve anything you set your mind to. So get ready to ignite your passion and create a life that's full of joy, vitality, and purpose. This is the Sparks Podcast. Hello, welcome back to the Discovering Sparks podcast. I am very excited for today's episode because I'll be introducing you to April Federico. April is a certified nutritionist and a holistic health coach who specializes in type 2 diabetes and women's health. She owns her own nutrition counseling practice and is an award-winning poet and author with three poetry books, one cookbook, one nonfiction book, and she just published a food and mood tracker. This episode is really fantastic, and we'll dive into her diabetes coaching, body image issues, nutrition counseling, mindful and intuitive eating, and so much more. I'm really excited for you to meet April. So here we go. Well, hello, April. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my goodness. I'm very excited to chat with you. And before we dive in, I just would love to pass it over to you. If you wouldn't mind talking a little bit about what your story is, who you are and what your business is and kind of what inspired you to take this leap into nutrition. Yeah. So it all started on Valentine's day, 2022. And I well started that morning. I was just about to go into my very first big girl corporate role. And I wound up leaving early that day because I was just in so much pain and like practically poisoning myself on antiacid tablets, um, like Advil, you name it, but we'll get there as to why I can't take Advil anymore. Mm. Um, but Later that night, I succumbed to my mom's decision to go to the emergency room because of how much pain I was in. It was agonizing. Like, I couldn't even, like, stand up straight in the shower. Oh, my gosh. Knowing I was was probably going to pass out. Mm -hmm. And I did pass out at the hospital, um, completely unaware of the fact that I was, in fact, diabetic. Wow. So, in short, I nearly died of diabetic ketoacidosis which is the worst complication of diabetes ever. And I am so thankful to be alive and to share my story and to, and to be able to coach women and even men on how to um, prevent this from happening to them. Mm -hmm. And it all starts with the healthier relationship with food. And that's where I really start out with because, um, you know, I never really had a healthy relationship with food growing up. Like I remember when I was nine years old, I was asking my friend who was much more slender than I was um, for advice on fitness. But really, we were in like third grade. So what did we know? And I mean, we mainly got it from like the media, magazines and everything like that. So, yeah, it was a pretty disgusting time being yeah. a millennial. And um. 
yeah, that's like my um, baby fat um, that I was carrying in my tummy at the time grew into um, boys calling me pregnant. Oh and yeah, and you know, boys at that age, like the middle school age, sixth grade, yep. it's like, they're probably going to get bitch slapped in eighth grade. Right. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And I'm surprised they didn't already because th- these were the same guys that like, you know, bullied other people just for fun yeah like mm-hmm. yeah you can imagine oh yes and and in eighth grade I had developed um somewhat of an eating disorder um it wasn't specified um because I didn't like actually qualify for anorexia nervosa but there is actually an eating disorder that actually um is coined with it However, if you don't like meet the meet all the requirements for anorexia nervosa, um, then you don't have anorexia. Um, but still an eating disorder nonetheless, because you're just restricting yourself with with like such little food intake Mm -hmm. that you eventually just like grow into having a problem. And um, yeah, it was a tough time. Yeah, 2011 was such an ugly time as well. So, Mm -hmm. wow. That's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about moving into the diabetes diagnosis? Because you had no idea. And then suddenly you're hit with this big complication that just shook your life, I can imagine. Can you talk a little bit about the moment realizing that and kind of how you moved on from that? Yeah. Well, first I'll start off by saying that I was skinny shamed for a really long time and um it's it's kind of like a paradox it's like people want you to be fit however people will shame you for being like slender or too slender or whatever and that doesn't do anything for anyone's self-esteem as you can imagine and I remember in college I had gained a whopping 50 pounds and um that probably led up to it but also I was dabbling in alcoholism and um which added to it, of course, because right. the amount of sugar and like, say, wine and like other stuff. But um, yeah, but I'm not going to get into that. Um, What really matters is the story of why I really got into um, diabetes coaching mm-hmm. and nutrition counseling. And I remember sitting on my hospital bed like literally thinking to myself and like basically making a promise to God Mm -hmm. and the universe that, you know, I would educate and empower the public on type two diabetes and how to prevent it. Yeah. That's amazing. So it was kind of the moment, that moment that changes life forever for you. Exactly. It was, you can say my life did a complete 180. And like, even my boyfriend was telling me like, I love how you're turning things around for yourself. And that's like one of the best validations you can get from a guy. So yeah, absolutely. So did you just, what was the step for you then? You just launched into this, this career and now you have this business, right? For yourself. How did that all work? Yeah. So I think you're familiar with Allie Daniels, Punch Drunk Soul. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I did her path to freedom method and I graduated in, I think it was June of last year. And um, yeah, it took a bit. So I've been in business for about a year, so I'm still relatively new. 
And I um, completely immersed myself in just educating myself on whatever it is like food and health related, because my background is in creative writing and publishing. Wow. And I was a journalist in a past life. So you can definitely say my life took a 180. Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, Yeah, but that isn't to say I don't do a lot of like thought leadership around type two diabetes and health and nutrition and stuff like that, because that's very much needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um. so anyway, I graduated from that program in June and I got my continuing medical education from Stanford um, in food and health. And um, I just, in that program alone, I learned so much. And, and the best thing is, is that anyone can actually get that cert- certification because, um, and I highly recommend edX. Okay. That's EDX. And um, and like you can get like any certification in any subject that you want to immerse yourself in if you haven't had the chance to like, you know, study in college or even in high school for that matter. It's amazing. Yeah, it really is. And then um in December 2022, like right when the year ended, um, I got my certification in nutrition. So Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) It's very exciting. And I think it's really amazing how you take this nutrition certification and all this continuing education that you've done and use it in that, that way that really has a meaning to you with the type two diabetes education and help and all of that. So can you talk a little bit about with all of this in your, your business now, what is your primary goal? Who are you trying to reach and what are you trying to help them do? Yeah. So of course I work with type two diabetics and, but I also work with women who really just want to build their relationship with food even further and in the best way possible, because at the end of the day, food really is medicine and food really is the foundation of life and love. And it really is, um, it's powerful. It's a powerful subject. And, um, I mean, I can go into more depth on it, but I'm not going to, but, um, I, and I really want women to have faith in themselves that they can maintain not only a good relationship with food, but also themselves. Right. Yeah. I know that, um, I mean, we, I think we chatted on my comments on Instagram today a bit, but I myself have a bunch of medical issues, gastroesophageal reflux disease, IBS, Mm -hmm. all these gastrointestinal issues. And, and it seems like more and more people are getting these issues. Um, Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of it floating around, but there's also a lot of medication floating around to kind of push it under the rug. And, um, you know, with, the reflux disease, there's these proton pump inhibitors that people take to kind of stop the acid, but then it makes your stomach produce even more acid to counteract it. And it's this never ending cycle. So I'm imagining there's ways with food where some of these things, some of these issues people are having in the gut and wherever can be addressed in a, in a healthy way. Yeah, absolutely. Like even my lunch for today consisted of like probiotic, like fermented beets and carrots, mm-hmm. with, like goat cheese and even spinach. Yeah. It's really, as Hippocrates said, all disease begins in the gut. Yes. Unfortunate for me. 
<laughs> where I'm at now. I'm curious for, um, there's also, in addition to, you had mentioned a little bit of the shaming on both sides of the aisle. There's the diet shaming and the anti-diet shaming and, you know, we can't skinny shaming. There's so much different types of shaming going around. And it, I've noticed a lot that it points out certain foods as bad and negative and you can't have them like a white potato is horrible you can only have a sweet potato or whatever you know these things that are coming up and it becomes to the point where nobody knows what's right and what's quote wrong anymore so I'm curious if you could talk a little bit about that and the different types of foods and how we can you know approach just eating (laughs) in general with a, a different mindset Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm going to answer your question right away. And but first, I'll actually say that white potatoes are actually one of the best foods for you. Love it. (laughs) Yeah, that can completely like that. That myth is debunked already. So but anyway, um, I really um, yeah, like I've been battling like certain foods for years and it didn't take me until like I became a nutritionist to really educate myself on, you know, what it is I could and could not eat because with diabetics, like it's like my whole philosophy with coaching is coaching sans harsh restriction. Mm-hmm. Um, however, there are certain restrictions um, that diabetes have, that diabetics have to have, um, you know, implanted in their minds lack of a better word. And, um, like for example, not too much carbs. Like I was looking at one of my brother's monster drinks because, um, um, I was looking for something that wasn't coffee. Um, and I mean, diabetics can drink coffee. It's just like, I was just looking at the nutrition label and I saw that it had over 50 grams of carbohydrates and over 50 grams of added sugar. Wow is not good whatsoever for a diabetic. So I would stay clear from that. Mm. <laughs> and um, yeah, there are a lot of food myths that need to be debunked. And I mean, especially around coffee creamer, um, mm. a lot of people think that, you know, like even like the best brands like Coffee Mate are like the healthiest for you just because it's well known. Mm-hmm. However, just because it's well known, that doesn't mean that it's necessarily good for you. Right. Because like, and I did like two series of TikToks about this because mm-hmm. um, one, it was requested and um, two, I wanted to learn more about it myself as a coffee drinker. And, um, and the fact of the matter is, is that a lot of the ostensibly like sugar-free, um, and um what do you call it the regular coffee creamer mm-hmm. um they're they're they actually come from and this is from dr mark hyman um who's a well-renowned like i think he invented the pagan diet yeah i forget but um anyway so so he actually said that coffee some coffee creamers actually are um i'm trying to think here but try to think of the exact quote but i think he said like they come from like artificially pumped cows oh yeah yeah so and obviously you don't want anything artificial in your body whatsoever Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah and also just like staying away from like processed cereals like 
anything that you wouldn't give to your dog, like, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't put in your body. Yeah. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. Good way to look at it. I mean, granted that, like, dogs can't eat things like onions or chocolate, but, like, humans can eat that stuff. And onions are one of the healthiest foods you can eat. Mm-hmm. And um, dark chocolate, super good for you, antioxidants, and just all around amazing, especially when it's that time of month, ladies. Oh, yes. Amen. To that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think what you're talking about reminds me a lot of um, in the nutrition program I'm in now, they talk about bioindividuality and yeah. each person, like I with my IBS, have issues with onions with the because mm-hmm. they're the higher fod map <laughs> i think is yeah. correct um so i think it's i'm that that's something that's really important too is the things that are traditionally super healthy might not work for you like you were saying with the diabetics and you can't have a ton of certain carbohydrates or whatever it is so it's interesting to think about it that way yeah, and um that's really interesting that you brought up um what was it bio individuality? Um mm-hmm. yeah, because well I never learned that in particular but um in my particular course of study. However, I know that every body is different. Right. And whatever like people are allergic to certain foods, like my boyfriend's allergic to peanut butter and peanuts and um like a lot of people are. And, um, and peanuts are again, one of the healthiest foods you can eat. However, they may not be good for somebody else. Right. Yeah. And say something like, um, uh, like any fruit, like people might be allergic to some fruits. Um, I know like, and funny story when I was younger, I ate too many strawberries and I broke out in a complete rash. Oh no. Yeah, I mean, I love strawberries and they love me, but I just can't have too much of them. Yeah. And it's, it's really all about having things like, and I don't want to say in moderation because that in and of itself is very restrictive. Mm-hmm. It's like, and like I, with my clients, practice um, mindful and intuitive eating. Yeah. Yeah. And basically, what that means is that you are eating foods that you know are good for your body and what your body really needs. In fact, like some of the questions you can ask yourself when you're eating is, or when you even feel hungry is like, am I really hungry? Like what, and what is my body really craving right now? Is it exercise? Is it like talking to a friend? Mm -hmm. Is it um, a book? Like anything that like your mind, your body and your soul and, and your heart are completely different like entities so to speak and um me being like a certified holistic health coach as well like I know that like the heart can emit like um over like 15 miles of energy uh, yeah which is a super interesting fact to me um yeah and um Yeah. And really, it's just all about eating what you know is good for you. I mean, as a diabetic, I mean, I know what foods like trigger my blood sugar. Like, for example, um, on Saturday, I had ordered from Popeye's and super carby and super um, fast food, Mm -hmm. as you know, as all Americans know. But um, and it really um, it jacked up my blood sugar to over 250. Oh, wow. Yeah, which wasn't bad because I was feeling good. Yeah. Um, 
again, it's like recognizing like what is possibly taxing your pancreas if you're diabetic and also like um, taxing your body in general. Yeah. Because like I know when I eat certain foods, like I would get tired mm-hmm. and I would be triggered to, you know, going to sleep for like three hours at a time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just a, it's like a never ending cycle that you have to like end at a certain point. Um, yeah. However, it's a vicious one. I like how you say that a never ending cycle that you have to end at some point because my story from yesterday, I posted about how I had um, my flare up last night of IBS and it was a hundred percent my own fault. <laughs> Why do you say that? Because I knew I was eating something that was going to make it happen. Um, So it's one of those things when you say it's that cycle and at some point you have to end it. It is funny because I think I've heard of that from a lot of people, especially people with lactose um, intolerances where absolutely, yeah, where it's, well, I know this is going to suck later, but I want to eat the cheese. I know it's going to suck, but my body's craving it. However, is your brain craving it or is it your body? I feel like there comes a time, like for you, you had this big awakening moment with your diagnosis. Um, and so I feel like there has to come a time Like for me, I was wondering if last night was the time when I was saying, this has got to be it. I cannot experience another night like this. You know, I know yeah. what my body needs. So yeah, it's interesting. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, um, the mindfulness stuff you were mentioning, because I think, I've had this issue. I know a lot of people have had this issue where um, food is used as a coping mechanism. Yeah. That is one of my biggest things. If I'm stressed at work or having a time, my cat has joined the call, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But having a time, I turn to food. And so I wonder if any of your clients have this issue and how you approach it, especially using the mindfulness and intuitive eating. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, I use the same mechanism. Like, is your body craving it? Like, is is your heart craving something else? Like, do you need to talk to a friend? Do you need to talk to, like, your significant other or even a parent? Mm-hmm. Um, or even, like, a, another loved one that could be related to you. Or even, like, your therapist, doctor, et cetera. Yeah. Um, those are great resources. And, um. Yeah. And by all means, like you can even talk to me, a nutritionist, because like, you know, I've been in your shoes. I've been, I had emotionally ate in the past, um, to the point where I was like binging and purging. Yeah. It's again, another eating disorder that I stopped, um, thankfully. And, um, it was basically, um, you know, just a turning point and where it's it's a turning point and where you have to know um where exactly in your body it's the craving is coming from. Yeah. You have to recognize like what do you really need? Even if that's just like sitting in silence or if you can, or like even like going to your room and like saying to like God or the universe, um, or both. Um, like I do and just say like, what do I need right now? And you will get that download instantly. Mm-hmm. Whether you realize it or not. Yeah. I love that. It's sounds like it's a lot about just taking that pause. Don't yeah. act right away. 
yeah, like as humans, we're trained to be impulsive. Mm-hmm. And I know that especially right-brained people, and I know this because I just did a TikTok on it today, um, that we tend to think with our intuition and we act very impulsively more than left brain people do. And um, as someone who's both, like I see the logic and the creative and the beauty in any situation. Yeah. Yeah. However, it's like, you got to know, like, where does it, like, where's the middle ground? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I wanted to ask you too about, so you, I'm currently running, this is going to air in a couple weeks after this happens, but Currently, when we're recording this, running my earlier riser challenge, which you've been a part of, which is about morning routines. And I know in your social medias, you've posted about the importance of establishing morning routines and things like that. Um, So I'm curious if you want to talk a little bit about um, kind of what advice you have for people around setting up mornings, because honestly, even with the nutrition piece, I think a lot of the routine in general fits into that also it all works together (laughs) yeah definitely yeah yeah. something that I do and this is something that actually Hugh Jackman swears by is gratitude journaling first thing in the morning Mm -hmm. like he doesn't leave bed until he has gratitude journaled like pretty much everything he's grateful for Mm -hmm. and I'm sorry if that sounds redundant however it's true because it can rewire the brain um, into like absolutely producing like serotonin. It's good for your heart, even um, because you just feel so happy afterwards. And, and this can be like anything from like um, from what you ate the night before, from like a good night's sleep, or like mm-hmm. um, anything that, or even a dream that you had, yeah. or something like even like the suns, the sunrise. Um, yeah, just like gratitude journal anything like keep a journal of any kind by your bedside or at least like on like the other side of the bed Mm -hmm. and um if your bed's big enough um and I would say definitely um just go for it spend like at least five to five to 15 minutes on it and just go all out and set an intention for the day intentions are huge in the morning. And for me, I, I like to set the intention that I want to be kinder and, um, nicer to my mind and body. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, I mean, I don't know about you, but, um, sometimes I would get those mornings where I feel like I just want to like pounce on somebody, but it's like, yeah. (laughs) Oh my goodness. But, um, you know, I got over that. And, and like I said, sometimes that means like making a plan for the day, um, even journaling guided journals like you do in your challenge. And um, the meditation you posted in your challenge is amazing, by the way. Um, Thank you. I hope <laughs> share it out on YouTube or something. So the podcast audience, I'll link it to you guys. <laughs> in the show notes. Yeah, please do, because I yeah. think it can really benefit people, especially the Kundalini part. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, Kundalini's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's very fun. And um, that was actually my first time trying it. And I can say it's fun. So yeah, it's one of my favorite things. <laughs> so I like that you talk about the gratitude journal. I think that's such a big one. And I've always done it at night. So I think it's fascinating to hear 
about doing it in the morning because that really sets you up for a positive day when you're feeling that right away. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like it tricks your brain into automatically just giving away that serotonin to other people. Mm-hmm. And um, it's the same thing when you're like volunteering, it's like, um, or doing any work of service for that matter. Like I know you do for your clients, I do for my clients. And um, it's basically like, it's like a chain reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely is. And talking about, I know I've experienced depression. I'm sure a lot of folks listening have listened to experienced depression and thinking of a gratitude journal during that period in time was really difficult for me. A lot of what advice I've given to people is you can be grateful to have an opposable thumb that you can, you know, open a bottle with. You can be grateful for your bed sheets that you're staying in when you don't get out of bed because you're experiencing depression or whatever it is. Like the fact that you have eyelashes, whatever is the smallest thing that is still incredibly meaningful, you know, there's something to latch onto, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like even when I can't think of something right away, I just say like, you know, I'm grateful that I didn't die last year. I'm grateful that I can walk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm grateful that like, I'm no longer in the hospital, even after like those five days. And, um, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it's just an eye-opening experience for everyone, even if you haven't tried it. Well, I hope everybody goes out and gets their gratitude journal. That's great advice. Definitely. Well, I wanted to move into the questions that I ask everyone at the end of the podcast. I have a couple questions for you. The first one is, what are you consuming right now as far as it could be books, music, TV shows, movies, whatever it is, what's kind of lighting you up right now? Oh my goodness. Um, Right now, what's lighting me up is volunteering at We Share Hope here in Rhode Island. And um, it's basically a marketplace that fights food insecurity and provides great prices for people who can actually, who can, who are able to afford it, um, again, for very good prices and, um, they get what they need and it's all good. And, um, also what's really lighting me up is being able to, um, you know, be there for other people Mm -hmm. and to just light anyone else up. Um, that's beautiful. I love that. My second question for you is, so my business is called Discovering Sparks. This is the Sparks Mm -hmm. podcast. Um, The reason it's called that is because way long ago when I was going through some of that depression stuff I was talking about and started this business, I realized that there's things throughout the day that are very small that spark joy in me, whether it was, it was usually like a yellow tulip outside. That's what I would see. And I know that, ah, okay, there's a little bit of hope in the world. So I love to ask my guests, what is your little spark? That's kind of a reminder for you that things are going well. Hmm. I would say just like the simplest sunrise or even just like, you know, a text from my boyfriend or a text from a friend I haven't heard in a while. And, um, like even like a bird, like I always see robins, and to me yeah. those are signs. Um, and like once in a blue moon, I'd even see like a blue jay or a cardinal, mm-hmm. and or even a yellow butterfly, and those would be like those would light up my day immensely. I love that. I love the cardinal. I always feel like it's so rare that I see one, and when you do, it's just 
beautiful. <laughs> oh, I know. And um, spiritually speaking, that's actually someone who like probably passed on, but yeah. I'm not too, too sure about the meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that's that. They're fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> My third question is um, if you could give kind of a one sentence pep talk to somebody, you started your business, you're working towards or working in your, your nutrition industry now. There's many people that are trying to pursue a goal or a passion or something and just feeling stuck and like they're not getting there and struggling. What would you say to them and as like a quick pep talk? Yeah, I would say if you're scared, do it scared mm-hmm. because it is a lot scarier staying in the same place than it is to move forward with your life. Mm, preach. Yes, <laughs> that is so perfect. Because it's always going to be scary, right? Yeah. You don't want to, you know, I don't know if when you started Path to Freedom, they asked you this question, but where, what would you feel if you were in the same place a year ago or a year from now that you are today? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to (laughs) that, I would say like, holy moly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Got to keep growing and moving. So that's beautiful advice. So where can people find you? How can they learn more about your coaching and get in touch with you and just experience all that you have to offer? Yeah. So um, you can definitely follow me on Facebook, April Federico, and you can definitely follow me on Instagram at be well by April, as well as at brownies for breakfast co. And um, yeah, that's essentially it. And I also have a podcast called brownies for breakfast. So Mm. Sounds yummy. Now I want a brownie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this has been so much fun. And I know the audience got so many amazing things out of this. So thank you so much for being here and being a part of this. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, everybody. Oh my gosh, that was such a wonderful conversation with April. I feel like it really gave a lot of good information and insights into her journey, how she got to where she is, and how you can apply it to your own life. So definitely please go follow April, look into her coaching. You can find links to her profiles in my show notes. And thank you so much for listening. I would mean the absolute world to me if you would subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, rate and review. And also head over to my Instagram at Discovering Sparks and share what your favorite part of this podcast was and encourage your friends to listen to it too. Thank you so much for tuning in and have a beautiful day.